Welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb. And with me, Robbie. And here is our latest episode, and it is Event Horizon, a cult classic. So, yes, we return to our must-see horror feature. We do. Uh, going through the poster that we've got, and <laughs> Event Horizon was the choice. Um, this was the first time I've seen this film. What about you? Yeah, this was um, yeah, this was the first time I had seen. This is one of those films that plays on like here in the UK for UK viewers, like Channel Five yeah. used to play this film like several times, like all of the time. I I used to see it on like late at night and things like this. So I think I'd seen like little parts of it, but I'd never actually committed to sit yeah, down same and watch here. the whole thing, kind of thing. I remember my older brother Dan talking about it. Um, and I think he brought it on DVD, maybe, but I never got around to watching it. So I was familiar with it and yeah. like the concept of it, but I never actually sat down and, and watched it. No, and I, I was always intrigued by it because it's um, it's got a great cast, and I always looked at it going like this is this is a banging cast, and like, I like the idea of it, and I'd never, although I will admit that I think whenever I'd seen it, I'd never realised that this was so much of a horror film. I was thinking more of a you know a a sci-fi kind of on a ship yeah. kind of you know that kind of thing i never realized it was quite the kind of gothic horror that we've got here yeah it's very i mean the simplest way to put it is it's like a, it's a ghost ship film yeah, yeah set in space you know yeah it's it's literally to me it felt like hellraiser and evil dead put on a ship basically yeah for certain scenes like the inspiration felt very strong for those two films yeah i definitely get hellraiser um there is a lot of similar imagery and even some themes which I think I could definitely see Hellraiser um, I'm trying to think there was a film that I did feel it was also quite similar to but I can't remember off the top of my head I think the main thing that I was hesitant about is poor W.S. Anderson <laughs> you know um, having yes. watched all the Resident Evil films <laughs> um, and a cut and Alien versus Predator, and you know, being familiar with him through that. I mean, I I can come straight out of the gate and say that this is his best film. Oh yeah, of course. I like. I mean, if you look at his track record, he's got Mortal Kombat films, he's got Resident Evil, he's got Monster Hunter, he's got Death Race with Jason yeah. Statham. I mean, he's consistently not a strong director. He. He makes films that feel cheap and disposable. I gotta be honest. That's yeah, like, yeah. I'd admit that. It's not that I don't have a love for certain kinds of those films. I haven't enjoyed those kind of films as throwaway popcorn, but they are the most throwaway, throwaway kind of popcorn. It's like, it's like, it's almost. It, it feels. Uh, I feel sorry for saying that he. He's almost like the cheap man's Michael Bay or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> he is. Yeah, he kind of almost. Is. <laughs> he's the poor man's Michael Bay. Um, but but here's the weird thing in talking about his back catalogue is I was sat through this film going shit you know what this guy would make a really great Evil Dead Resident Evil film sorry Resident <laughs> Evil Dead, <laughs> Evil Dead this guy would make an awesome Resident Evil Dead he's got a film here which has got it, it looks lit properly it's slow and suspenseful yeah. in certain scenes it's over the top and violent in other scenes. It's got a little cheesy layer to it, but yeah. not too much. Like I was just like, this is a great. This director would make a great Resident Evil film. And then I was, I was just like, what? What the fuck happened to the actual <laughs> Evil Dead? Why I keep mixing those up in my head? Resident Evil film. What the hell happened? I know. Like, how did he go from like this gothic kind of dark kind of 
suspenseful and kind of religious kind of overtones and yes kind of occasionally little hammy performances but in the right way and it was and over the top you know and then to go from that to what he actually made into a resident evil film is just like like what because this was like i think there was only ever a film or another film in between this one and resident evil and it's just like how did you go from this which Sounds like a real passion project for him as well. Like this film's like oh, yeah. this like there's meant to be a, a you know a, a, a director's cut of this or like I don't know if it, it's actually been released. I don't think, but there, he does say that there is the, there's his cut of the film which is much more on the gothic horror side. Yeah. and then there's the version that he got because basically, you know, critics hated and moulded this film. Yeah, and it was and, a, it failed at the box office. And and not only that, the studio itself kind of seemed to imply and he he himself has said uh throughout, like uh, Thomas W. S. Anderson has said throughout that they basically like once they saw a cut of it, they hated it and were just like, fuck this film. <laughs> like they made him cut like a lot of the gothic kind of violence yeah. out of it. They said it was too over the top, it was too grotesque, it was Horrid. There's a like the there's the there's an orgy, almost bloody orgy kind of scene in this film, which is yeah. like you think is them getting massacred, but then you think it's a bloody orgy, and then like and then it kind of looks homosexual in some way. And he said that was way like those scenes were way longer and way more aggressive. And, yeah, and that and which you could have made him cut it out. Like, and it, it's a shame because it. I mean, I I was genuinely surprised with how good this film was. Yeah, but you think they could have been so much better had they kept in all of those additional elements i think i read like 30 minutes of footage was completely destroyed yeah it's and that it's it's one it's one of the odd problems that like um that you get straight away because i think this is a film where you don't quite know what to expect even though it's been out for so long yeah. like i said like if i'm watching it at certain points i'm thinking that this is a completely different film than it is it does feel a bit like a film that's been cut up like yeah, more of added in that. scenes that are more like more action heavy or more just like character based or or kind of funny and then remove scenes that were more grotesque and because yeah. almost a lot of the horror and stuff almost seems like you're almost surprised at how graphic it is in certain scenes because it's it's not that heavy on it yeah like it but it's like there it's like you had that and like it's not there and it almost lowers your expectations within the film well the one of the things that i picked up on almost immediately let's just get straight Dive into the on it. <laughs> and as always if you if this is your first time listening or if you you know you just forgot then make sure to hit the subscribe button i gotta get that in there <laughs> before we set sail um one of the things that kind of struck me straight away uh, i don't know if you noticed this but it, it very prevalent of 90s sci-fi it's very industrial and muted like 70s stuff was very almost struck me as very like clean you know if you're thinking of like yeah um, 2001 space odyssey it's all like white and uh, and even aliens to an extent is quite clean and then 80s sci-fi is very like bright and futuristic and then the 90s it's all very like grunge yeah know? it is proper grunge it's very they've embraced the uh kurt cobain era. yeah <laughs> it's all like muted colors and stuff like that yeah absolutely no it, it's dark and kind of gritty or rusted rusted or kind of, yeah it looks like they've been on the ship for like a long time or the ship's been used for a long time yeah it uh, it definitely 
it feels like there's a, I'm trying uh, my head going blank for some reason on I even feel like a lot of the alien sequels that were more 90s have a much more look and feel like this than they do maybe yeah. the original well, alien especially uh, the third one that was yeah. in the prison Finches yeah Finches well, you know <laughs> he will say how dare you <laughs> yeah <laughs> I directed none of that um, yeah. but yeah the, the, that's what I mean like quite a lot of sci-fi in the 90s had this kind of feel to it it was a a darker, grittier time. <laughs> yeah, and to speak, and speaking of uh, dark, gritty film with uh, from the nineties sci-fi, obviously The Matrix. You know, with Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, yeah. I thought a lot. I thought a lot of that aesthetic was popularized by it. But this, this was before. Yeah, nineteen ninety-seven. Before that was ninety-nine, I think. Yeah, at Matrix. Yeah. And if you could, you you know, there were a lot of the scenes, especially when they're on the. Um, What's, what's the Lewis and Clark yeah. not the Lewis and Clark which is very much it's quite similar to where when they're out in the real world in the Matrix they're not eating fucking slop and stuff yeah. like that but it is still quite similar um, and one thing that I kind of I picked up on in it in uh, Event Horizon that I really liked at the start was it kind of felt a bit Aliens-ish how yeah, all, yeah, yeah. How all of the boys had kind of like it felt a bit more like a team of bonded. marines or things like that. Yeah, like they're on a mission. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely get that. There was a even down to to be honest, the aliens kind of part even goes down to when we go down to like the core, the black hole yeah. of the horizon. It kind of reminds me of when they're all going into the pods in Aliens. You know, the, yeah. the classic when they all get killed inside of that one pod, and it's in the very similar kind of room, like in, yeah. in the middle of like a. Like a large space like that, yeah. It, it definitely reminded me of that kind of sphere, kind of. Uh, and it, this was that's what I mean, that's what I was trying to figure in my head. There's a film called Sphere, which is another '90s film, and there's another one like The Astronauts. What and these were all very like about like space trips and stuff like that that kind of go wrong yeah. or some kind of clash or or species or things like that. Yeah. All all of these '90s ones, they all had this very similar aesthetic. It was all about the creatures that could go wrong or the body horror that could go wrong within yeah. these kind of space trips. They'd gone away from the almost. It wasn't so much about the exploring. It was more about the real deadly things that could. Yeah go wrong within space or all the kind of things up or basically yeah it, it took alien and basically went right what can we do what other ghost stories can we do on board <laughs> yeah what kind of what kind of that kind of thing like haunted houses they always said with the original alien and they've kind of they kept taking that and kept digging into that deeper including you know the whole you know it's the early 90s you know with uh before 99 but you know early 90s um, and we've got the special effects, which at some parts look really like I was like, oh, this is not bad, and then some yeah. parts look really bad. Yeah, some part. <laughs> the main part that I noticed was because I actually put in my notes um, that some of the CGI is actually okay, um, seeing as how it is what nearly I don't even I, my, my maths is bad, but <laughs> maybe like thirty years old, you know. But then you get scenes like the goo, you know, when the the gravity portal, gravity drive, whatever, first opens up and we see, like, the goo floating. Yeah. It's that that kind of looks a bit outdated, mm. you know? But then I think that's one of the problems with CGI is eventually, like, it can look good at the time, but then in... 
15, 20 years time. Well, it's hard to say what ages. This is the thing, and it's what it's what made me think about the almost the difference in the direct that feels different about his directing style in this than it is in others. And I feel like you get across of a lot of the bad shots are him trying to overdo it, and a lot of the good shots are when he's going smaller and he's going more with the 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 tight and close spaces of the ship yeah. and it makes it feel small and then when you've got any special effects it kind of works because it feels more practical it feels yeah. more closer when he tries to do these big outside shots of the ship when it's just like you just haven't got the technology for this so he's trying to do these big winding around and there's something yeah. about them that just like those shots are the ones that kind of give away a certain like kind of what he gives away in his other films, you know, in Resident Evil, in Death Race, and all these kind of ones where he tries for these big shots, but the the effects just aren't there good enough that he's trying to show it off. But that's kind of what made him kind of cheap director because he just wants all of these big CGI shots, not the practical. Yeah. The best part of Event Horizon is actually the ship. Oh, the yeah. The actual practical work that's gone into the details on the ship are really nice. And it's ruined when he does these like twenty second shots outside of the ship, and it's like, there's, why? There's there's no reason yeah. to be showing the outside. I kind of, of the agree. Ship. Once we're on the ship, we don't need to see the outside. But he keeps doing these like outward big shots and all these kind of wider shots, and, and it's kind of like you didn't really need these shots. Like yeah, that, that shit. Man. I'm <laughs> guessing for me, that's us watching it now. Like at the time. Yeah. It might have been really yeah, the impressive. Time, like, you might have been like, oh, wow, that, yeah, <laughs> in mind-boggling 3D. Like, the first time I ever saw Neo dodging those bullets, I was like, shit in my pants. You know what <laughs> I mean? That's different, like, two years later, but I know for a fact, like, having watched the, the Matrix special effects hold up way... Not so, the sequels. Yeah, some of them. Not the sequels, but the, the first one's special effects hold up much better and they have some you know they have the the creatures inside and yeah. know, the monsters that come after them and they all hold up pretty damn well compared to say to say this so it does I think it all does depend on the like this was the difference between say the Matrix and then the sequels is the Matrix they took their time they well built it they build the practical effects to go with it yeah. they blended practical and CGI which is always the best use of special effects yeah. when you try to create things purely out of nothing it tends to be pretty shitty yeah. like it doesn't hold up at all like that's the difference you have. and that's the difference you have in say the Matrix sequel where we can say yeah there's not so great CGI because they rushed it because they were like oh here's a hit let's let's bang out like two more let's yeah. make them quick yeah like right. that kind of thing and like in this film I just, I just it just is like that constant mix where like it gets better later in the film when it goes away from these kind of things but early on when you're doing like character scenes these sci-fi films always seem to feel this need to kind of let's just pop up, let's just have a pop on the outside just to remind everyone we're still in space. <laughs> yeah, we're still in space. We haven't changed. It is. A bit I don't bad. want you to start thinking this isn't a space movie. They haven't returned home. <laughs> yeah, we're still in space. Like we just keep having to pop outside just to show. It is um, a bit that, um, but I think the I think the crux of the story is it's a really interesting story. I think it hooks you pretty early. Um, yeah. We get like we get them all kind of boarded on the on the ship. We get um, Sam Neil, uh, who is Doctor William Weir, but I'm just going to call him Sam Neil. Um, <laughs> we get like his, you know, his weird ass dream where he sees his wife with the eyes cut out, and yeah. I think for a film which is effectively a ghost ship film, you yeah, know, I think it hooks you in really well. I think the, it does. the idea. Is quite interesting. The, the whole lost crew on the event horizon and what happened to them, and, and the shot and the scenery with those kind of gothic like 
the person with the scars all over his body, the crosses that you see, the, yeah. you know, all those kind of shots you get with Sam Neill, his wife, yeah, with, uh, you know, just walking in like eyes out but nude, kind of walking yeah. in with him like against her kind of thing. And it's all very odd, but yeah, this this is the kind of stuff of why I was like, this is far more interesting than stuff I've seen from you before because it's literally yeah. like, it's it's quite to start with the film is quite slow and suspenseful. Whereas with this director, I was expecting it to hit into the action really fast. Yeah, it actually same. takes its while to build, which I was surprised by because there's a certain kind of holding back with that kind of thing, you know, and uh, you know the the fact that we kind of get time for all the pieces to fall in place. Some but pe- some people might you know might have found it almost too slow for some people. Maybe because it is. I think sorry to cut any but, no, but, but, <laughs> but on the pacing, it is. You know, I just read it's 96 minutes long. Yeah, but it is paced relatively well. I think. Like there is that that fear, especially knowing where um, where Paul Anderson's work went, that it does just kind of jump into things quite quickly. But it takes its time to actually play out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we obviously get from early on that Sam Neill, as was just calling hit that. Yeah, um, I was just calling him. <laughs> Sam Neill is just um, is not quite in the right place mentally. That there's there's obviously something. We obviously straight away we know there's something to do with his wife and yeah. things like that. And, a lot of it's all teased and not all of it is really fully explained, obviously. Maybe it would have been, but it's yeah. not fully explained in many ways. But we know there's something as in like a dead wife, like, oh, or she's killed herself. Or like, yeah. I think we have a bathtub scene, don't we, which implies that, that we get a bathtub later or, on. Yeah, um, yeah. so no, we, straight away we're kind of... And, and Sam Neill kind of, I feel like, is the one that kind of holds a lot of this on his shoulders at times. Yeah. Like, he is, he's going fully at it in this. And... It's very easy. I don't know why, but I always, I like, even though he's been in loads, I always forget Sam Neill is quite like he's done a lot of horror. Yeah, but I forget that. Like he was obviously he was Damien in the original sequels to the, to yeah. the Omen and Possession. Yeah, and, um, in the Mouse of Madness. Yeah, he did that Day Daywalkers. Daywalkers. And, you know, he's yeah. done a f- he's in a range of different ones where he's actually been you know and obviously you know we've even got to say you know he's the good guy now but he's Jurassic <laughs> Park is still quite you know on that That's vibe cr- yeah a lot of people do just unfortunately associate him with just Jurassic Park yeah, yeah I guess when really... you're in Jurassic Park it's kind of hard to not be no, but that's it, what I mean. Know? Like, and I've always uh, everything I've seen him in, I've always really enjoyed him as an actor, like kind of thing. But yeah, yeah. he does see kind of feel. It always feels like he's very he's very underrated. He's been around a long time, but it always feels like he's never he's never been that like go to kind of actor yeah. kind of thing in that way. Like, even though he led pretty much one of the biggest films of all time <laughs> and was pretty much the focal main character of that in a yeah. big way. But yeah. Um, no, I always it always reminds me. Like I remember with like Sam Neill, a weird like thing that popped into my head when I was watching this was I remember back when I was in school. This was back in the day when I would have seen this film like twenty times and never actually watched it on Channel Five. <laughs> but like uh, like back in the day, like this is all the way back in primary school, and I remember oh, that, <laughs> I remember reading online that like Sam Neill was like. Um, rumoured to be playing Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2 okay so this is like way back then like he was the one rumoured and I remembered all that like shit that you have of that and being like ah like you see even back then thinking like he wasn't a guy who got his like his like due you know what I mean like but this is like um this is like back in the, but the, this is weird. That this is a memory that's survived in my head I <laughs> yeah, this is... <laughs> sitting in like in a computer suite at my primary school, and this is back here, you know, this is so this is like early 2000s kind of thing, which is like a case of 
like this isn't like <laughs> secondary school. This is primary school. This is like they've got like this they've got like shitty computers. Yeah. And this is the early age of the internet when half of them didn't have it. So the fact that you were getting on the internet was like a big thing in your school. I just remember like why does my brain remember being sat in primary school slowly waiting for the internet to load <laughs> entertainment news about <laughs> Sam Neill playing <laughs> and yeah I'm just thinking of all the shit that's happened all the shit I've probably done to my body and yet somehow that memory survived just a random <laughs> Sam Neill fact <laughs> cool in my memory. head I, I literally it, it was random shit like that I remember reading entertainment news and having and telling other people that Sam Neill's going to be Doc Ock <laughs> and probably no one had a fucking clue who that was because no, that's the kind no, of nerd Sam I was Neil. <laughs> um, and then yeah and apart from that it was uh, the only, and I even remember another fact that I read which was uh, what was it back in the day of the early days for Lost oh you yeah know, Lost or whatever and like the second season of Lost and they showed a picture of a guy, and they said that that was Hurley. The, you know the character, the big guy Hurley yeah, on the I show? Hurley. And they said he'd lost like a shit ton of weight, when it turned out to be a completely different character. But back then, they said the actor had lost, like, literally gone from like this huge guy to this he tiny guy. Lad, yeah. yeah, and I don't know why these memories exist in my brain, but they're so fucking <laughs> these, random. These core memories. Just me, being, just me thinking I was the coolest kid ever, like, on my, on my computer in a primary school. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm finding out all the gossip that no one knows. <laughs> yeah, but it's weird, like... That that was the world we lived in, where that actually wasn't so available. Like yeah. now, like it's like everyone's seen it a million times. Back then, that was like, ah, I've actually gone and found the goss. <laughs> I found that information, but yeah, I don't know where that tangent came from in my brain. I was just thinking of the cast, and then Sam Neill just popped into my head. Why is that a core memory in my brain? <laughs> I like know. I need to delete that memory. <laughs> um, but well, this has got a stacked cast. Oh man, the cast is awesome. Fishbone uh, is great. Uh, Sean Pertry. Jason Isaacs, Jason Isaacs, the old, you know, the classic, uh, and you've and um, and uh, Natasha Redgrave, yeah, who's, uh, Rip, she died, Rip, yeah, yeah, she was uh, she Liam die? Neeson's wife. Oh yeah, yeah, she's Liam Neeson's wife. She died. Um, oh god, it was quite a while ago now. I feel like it was back in like two thousand and ten or something. I feel like you that. vaguely. It's been a long time ago. Yeah, she died yeah. with a skiing accent. She like yeah, skiing down the hill, hit her head and bang oh, Fucking hell, right. She did a sunny bono. Yeah. Damn. Um yeah, so yeah, I, I just read I was like, yeah, Liam Neeson's why I probably had I was just watching it going like I remember her being in a lot of nineties kind of yeah. things. Like uh, I think she's in the parent trap and I think she's a you know a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of nineties based cinema. <laughs> yeah. Hundred and one Dalmatians <laughs> and all these classic films that I'm reeling off here. But um but well, no, I just remember her being like a popular star and it was like, oh shit, like <laughs> Yeah. You don't expect someone at such a young age to go, but yeah No you don't man. But no it was a it was an absolute stat cast man. You yeah, know? well, this is the best cast that he ever, this director ever yeah. worked with, um, by far. I keep wanting to mix him up in my head because I've always did like. I keep I mix his, up his name because he's Paul W S Anderson, and then there's Paul Thomas Anderson, and Paul Thomas Anderson has made such great films as like uh, the, There Will Be Blood, and <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. like Magnolia, and like uh, literally uh, like Evil, almost every film he makes is pretty much critically acclaimed. And then you've got another guy with a very similar name, and I used to mix them up. And at one point, I think I thought that <laughs> the same director. <laughs> done I was like, this guy is it's very wildly inconsistent. <laughs> like this guy is like <laughs> he goes from working with Daniel Day Lewis in one film <laughs> to then working with his my- wife Mila Jokovic. <laughs> this is the other thing that pops in my head. I believe that he got married to Mila Djokovic 
after this film. And all I was Don't. thinking in my head going, like, is that what Mila Djokovic does to you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, obviously, you want to get with Mila Djokovic. And then at the same time, it's also like, you will get this woman for life, but she will destroy your creativity. Yeah. <laughs> she will take all of it out of you. It's just like Rob Zombie. Yeah, know? yeah. Not being able to not put Sherry Moon in the yeah. film. And to to an extent, Tim Burton with Johnny Depp and Helen and Bonham Carter. Yes. Maybe are they their friendships just found on like, yeah, I'll make you look cool, but I have to be in every single project you ever do. You know. <laughs> yeah. Except, <laughs> luckily for Tim Burton, they work out better. They work out better. He's got two fantastic actors, whereas Sherry Moon. <laughs> yeah, Sherry not. Moon could be. Actor, I, actor, I think is a strong word to put yeah. into her category. Oh, she could be hit. <laughs> Mila Djokovic is better, can be better, has been better, but um, has also been worse. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like them as a pair just is not a great match. No, definitely. I feel like not. this husband and wife should not work together. No. <laughs> but no, it is a banging cast, um, and there's loads of. I think like the characters that we get are relatively. Uh, they they all suffer from you know, aliens syndrome in a way in which, like... Yeah. They, they, I don't know if it was so much before aliens came out, but they're like, oh, yeah, you just got to have loads of banter. But it, it's kind of class. So there was a line <laughs> from, um, I think it's Cooper, who says, would you like something hot and black inside of you? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, like, he has so many so many puns, and there, there are lines like Sean Pertry fuck layman's terms do you speak english <laughs> after um you know after uh sam neill explains how the event horizon works yeah yeah, uh, yeah. which is a really cool idea and I'm, i actually remember my brother giving me the exact same explanation after he'd watched it that's like the one thing that stuck in my head <laughs> is that instead of you know going from like one point to the other full time and just go through, you know? That that was one of the things, actually, that um, surprised me again in this film. And this is what, this is actually one of the reasons that people are so... It has such a cult following in many ways. Is because this film actually seems like... Whoever like wrote the script or... Um, have actually taken the time to actually look at it. Because this is an actual scientific theory. This is real theory. This isn't, like, made up... Like horse shit of film. This yeah. is like proper. Really? Stephen. Yeah. This is proper like Stephen Hawking. The idea of folding in time and time being relative and yeah. the way that you'd break through. It's it's the same concepts um, used with Christopher Nolan and Interstellar and stuff like the idea that you can break through. Yeah. Kind of thing. It's used in a. It's used in a lot of films like that you actually have later. But yeah, this is what I was surprised to see an actual like they've actually taken real idea. scientific theory to break this through instead of just making up like a. You know, we've made a black hole and it works through there. The idea that you could bend time through yeah. like a black hole and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, no, it, the whole time and relativity is actually it's like actually correct scientific, <laughs> like in, in many ways. Like, I'm not saying it's perfect, but it's actually correct. It's like and I've seen a lot of people that say they're like, yeah, they like the fact that this film actually seems to have had a lot of that. So between the the writing being like quite funny in one way, but that also again shows how wildly a bit inconsistent this film is that it's got like some much more serious kind of ideas and then it's got some more kind of slightly more cheesy kind of trying to be a little bit more of that actiony kind of one at yeah. the same time and there's it balances luckily for the most part it doesn't like fall apart like i would have expected it to yeah like when i when it was happening early on in the film i was thinking that i feel if this keeps going this way i feel like this is going to be wildly just completely the whole time luckily it 
it goes more into the series as the film goes later yeah, on. Yeah, I think it, it it marries the two quite well because it, it does have some, you know, really interesting themes. I mean, if you're looking at the sci-fi in general, especially like 90s sci-fi, seemed to be very dystopian, very yeah. industrial. It wasn't, like you said, it's, it's no more are we talking about like exploring space but now now it's more that space is being explored and you're just it's just like your life and you have to live on a ship and fucking yeah, yeah. you're still doing like menial tasks and we're still very much in the same this is the world now, yeah this yeah. is the world now it's still the same it's as just it was moving like you know all mad max onto a ship basically yeah, it's, just, it's just that kind <laughs> of vibe but then and then you've got you know as we discover later you know religious you know themes within the film kind of the almost like you said hellraiser-ish ideas of different planes or realms of reality yeah um, and i think it does run the risk of being either too serious and kind of not uh, being not fun or just being too hammy and campy but i think it, it marries it quite well yes that's what i mean somehow it, it does marry so there's a I mean, because even with just... If we just take Sam Neill's character alone, yeah. there is both a seriousness to his character, which could have felt like he was just put into like a standard role. But then he gets to veer into this slightly campier kind of part at times. Yeah. Almost when he goes a little bit more evil turn, it starts to feel... The slightest bit campy, not in a totally bad way. No, but it takes him away from the more serious because he's pretty much the straight man most of the time. Yeah, he is. But there's that underwear, like that. There's that veil underneath of like that he's hiding a dark secret or that he's not quite sure. Yeah. But as he starts to go more and more into that, the film almost feels starts to go into that like gothic but slightly campy kind of area. Yeah, where it's like you're not quite sure, and and that gives it a little realm of fun. Yeah, at the same time he this feels very for me he felt very like Phantom of the Opera yeah I you see know? what you mean yeah. it was more like theatrical as opposed to I don't know as opposed to being too when he's around a lot much. of them in, yeah. the, in the space that he seems very serious but the second he's away there's almost like the little like twirling of the mustache yeah that's of, it ah! yeah <laughs> and, it felt, and it kind of felt really cool um, I loved when they actually boarded the event horizon trying to stick kind of loosely to the plot um you know we get we get a little bit of as you do in pretty much every film you know you get the Chekhov's gun where they're like oh this is the bridge yeah this is how the ship's going to destroy itself yeah, and i was yeah. like looking and I was like, <laughs> i'm surprised like sam neil didn't look at the camera and wink you know it's very like well that's what's gonna this happen this is how this is gonna play this out. is how it's yeah. gonna play out let's just lay that out for the audience but then when they actually got in there um and the kind of have you know they're looking around and there's a there's a, a scene where i think it's it might be two of the women who are researching or a woman and a man i can't quite remember and they say like oh we got we got like a little bit of blood in here or there's like a bit of yeah there's signs of a massacre and then as they walk off like you said when they're first on event horizon when they first bought it's very dark they haven't really got the powers on but then we see some light come in and all the wall up behind them is just covered in viscera and guts yeah, and yeah. blood and it's uh, that the whole section is really creepy 
that's what really I, well done. The light. That's what like. This is one of those. The lighting in this film is just fantastic. The little beams of light that come through. Really, I was just like a lot of them. I was looking at a lot of the shots, going like, "These are really good shots. These are yeah. really like interesting, revealing, just the right amount." That's that's that early suspense that we kind of get in the yeah. film of just kind of oh where's this going? You're prop. I feel like you are properly intrigued as where it's going, but a lot of those shots kind of really I found really interesting. And again, I feel like I'm over egging this purely because it's because of the director. It is. I haven't seen him do shots no. like this that aren't just big, bright CGI kind of even evil. Resident Evil, God no. Um, even Resident Evil. I mean, that's such a for, for what it should be. Like, yeah. When you think back of it, you think of Resident Evil, the first game, and you go like, like basically these shots of these like lights and this darkness and this grime and texture. That is like the exact interior exterior that I'd yeah. expect to see in a Resident Evil film, and yet the one he made was bright neon lights and white rooms and yeah. you know what I mean like they literally the complete opposite of what it should have been it really is <laughs> it's like they're directed by two different people yeah um, but I think even when they're on there you know we get there's somebody has a great line where they're like um, this place is a tomb and then we actually get a really really good like jump scare <laughs> isn't this around the time that we get the um because obviously we've got the, the, the bodies that are partially contained. Yeah, like floating around. And then we get... the It's not too long till we get the drop, is it? The, gr- the slight gravity drop. Yeah, that's They it. all explode on the ground. Yeah. Which I was like, that's a fucking awesome shot. Oh, mate, it was awesome. But um, when those body parts just hit the ground and you literally see a kind of... Yes, it's still ice, but it has a kind of... It's still... So good, like I've seen this happen in several films, but let's talk about this one. They've taken it to... Mi- break into such tiny pieces that even though it's ice it still felt like blood proper yeah. blood splatter at the same time yeah I was just like oh that's badass <laughs> it was fucking the whole of the exploring the event horizon was awesome and the actual gravity drive itself I don't know if, if you got this I don't know if it's just me spending too much time on the internet <laughs> or if it was intentional but the gravity drive l- looks to me like a biblical angel I didn't know. I didn't get. I did. I didn't get that. But I can kind of see what you mean now. I think. Yeah. Thinking of the shot. Like I can see how you're. Uh, yeah, I can see the kind of. Like it's this or kind of like the the aura around it. Like the aura around it. So yeah. like, you know, the biblical angel, and then you've got like as like a sphere kind of thing, um, and then like that. I, yeah, I, I realize I, I just showed you, you yeah, something yeah. on an audio podcast. Yeah, but yeah. Um, <laughs> you showed me say. that clip. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> Google biblical angel yes. and go six pictures. Go down. look at it because we can't show you. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll um, post a picture of a biblical angel. <laughs> but the. Yeah, like if you look at that, it is very like this thing of like lights, which you could argue look like eyes, like kind of like warping around itself. Yeah. And it's got. I mean, maybe I am just spending too much time on the internet. Well, no, like I, I no, I can see, I can see what you mean. And, and again, this film is filled with um, religious subtext, like yeah. throughout it. Some of it obvious, and some of it not so obvious, kind of thing. Um, you know, the the whole has a, like a, a sacrifice, a, a, um, almost like flailing the scars, the cuts, the 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 sins that are kind of shown, and all of yeah. these kind of different eras you, you've got you've got a lot of religious subtext here um, and even but then at the same time it, it in that same kind of gothic way you've even got the actual 
unit itself kind of also looks a little bit like medieval almost in like almost yeah. armor kind of like in its kind of way it, it has that big in that industrial feel yeah you know? it does like it, it feels it, it does make you think about like the time that these were made and how long has this been here and um all those little touches are they just they just really help help that kind of suspense build up yeah like it, it really the the almost the strongest part, as I said before, is almost the practical design of the ship because the ship almost tells its own story. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it. I think it goes back. I mean, it does, to, it does in yeah. a literal way, but in a you know in another way, like visually, you're like, yeah, look at this. I think like, the vi- the visual storytelling of the film is great, you know, and it it for me, there's some parts of the film that I felt were really strong or. Um, and they kind of thread together, which is why they they jump through the film. But when we get the first um, bit of Latin, where yeah. DJ's like, "Oh, I think it says liberate us," so yeah. we gotta go. We gotta go and help these people. They get there, they realize that there's like uh, something has fucking happened. They find the physical media, um, yeah, 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 which I f- it's such a like such an iconic thing in pre like internet yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. you know films pre internet sci-fi it was like oh it's on a floppy drive <laughs> yeah. it's on like a cd and this is like the ship's like data log and then yeah. we we hear there's the no data like computer log. backup no, there's no computer backup it has to be this giant file that you yeah. pull out of one area and put into another area <laughs> no cloud like... streaming nothing <laughs> You know, no routers. It's which, just like which is oh. kind of a, it's it's weird in the same way that I I prefer, I prefer that physical like I actually prefer that in films when they've got instead of just having the explanation of yes, even though it's logical, it's like yeah, it's all just backed up in the cloud. Maybe. Yeah, but that's it. My, I want to see it. <laughs> my thing with sci-fi from whatever era is that it always ends up being exactly like it is in the time it was released. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. in the 80s, everything, like, film set in the future, everybody's still, dre- like, dressed, and every, like, the technology, while still really advanced, is still basically the same, like, running on the same system as yeah, in the yeah, 80s. Yeah. <laughs> like, when they made this film, they're like, oh, it's set in 2047. Yeah. So they're like, oh, we, well... It could be on anything, and they're like, "Well, it's, it's obviously going to be on a CD in like in like forty years' time. Come on, like how much more advanced can it get?" Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, yes. Yeah, to be fair, the the whole aesthetic you get from there, like you've got almost like baseball jackets, leather jackets yeah. at the same time. Half of them dressed like, and then they've got looks and buzz cuts. But then at the same time, you're just looking at it going. You basically just look like someone from Manchester in the <laughs> yeah. Like, you ba- like Sean Pertwee. That's just the way you looked in the night. Yeah, like, you had that kind of cut. You know. Uh, yeah. You know, and like yeah, half the way that they're dressed or the way they act is just like it's like yeah, you're the whole baseball cap, almost like baseball jacket. Yeah. Like they have that kind of aesthetic, and it's like that is such a nineties American look. Exactly. Not like uh, yeah, that's not, not a futuristic a f- look. That's just you've just taking your clothes and just being like yeah, let's just do that. <laughs> we'll still be dressing like this in uh, when we get to twenty forty seven. Yeah, I love that. But then it's the it's the going back to the link that I was making. It is that they then you know listen to it and it's like. Um, liberate yourself from hell and then they realise just how fucked up everything is. Yeah, um, yeah. I realise that, that the tangent probably threw most people <laughs> off what we were saying. Is this 
So do we get the actual footage of the this quick shots of what happens to them? Because I feel like they get a bit of it at first, then they have to clear it up, don't they? They have to do so like the old classic sci-fi. It, well, the old classic sci-fi. If it's not quite, I'm going to try and like clear up the image. Yeah, kind of they thing. do. They do that because then in between everybody gets their own. Uh, well, I think just they don't want to quite. I don't think they want to show the crew just yet quite yeah. how bad a situation they might be in. No, yeah. But they, how fucked up it's about to get. <laughs> well, they get the classic like hallucinations. So we get, um, yeah. a Sam, I know Sam Neill's in the vents, which is a cool scene, and we get his wife. My favourite, I think, of them, because obviously Lance Fishburne has like somebody that he left behind on an order to die, yeah, like yeah. a guy on fire. Um, <laughs> but my favourite is the woman who's. Uh, like something's up with her son, son he's yeah, these, yeah. Like, he's calling out to her, her. Yeah. yeah. And we yeah. get this fucking horrid scene in the med bay where they see like under a white sheet, and then she pulls it back, and her kid's there. And then, like, she turns around, and the kid's gone. Yeah. And I think it's it is classic ghost ship story of everybody having hallucinations of the, the sins or whatever they've done in her life. But I like that it, and it is cliche, but I like that it. That fleshes out the characters. They do, know? yeah. It, it gives each person a little bit of a more of a backstory, but also a bit more of a personality. Yeah. And it also, again, the main thing here as well is that, that again, on terms of the effects of the things that we see, the practical effects, they're strong. They yeah. are good. Like, the, like as you said, like the, the the way that the sun looks fucked up, or Lawrence Fishburne's the one on fire. I mean. Fire's a hard one actually to pull off, but it looked it really awesome. Yeah, Every time good. you saw the guy on fire, it was like right up until like later in the film. Like you're literally looking at it like, actually, that looks damn good. And fire is actually one of the things that even nowadays they still sometimes struggle to pull it's off. It's really like, Someone on fire looking actually good, but it does look strong. Like a lot of, and again, so we get a little bit of that body horror kind of coming in, which it, it adds a nice, it kind of keeps the horror fan at bay, I guess. Yeah. It gives you, like, nice little snippets of, like, the idea of what's to come. And yes, again, like we've said, there is some way you kind of, I wish there was a little bit more there, like, at, at these scenes. I mean, not the whole film, I mean, just at these scenes. Like, sometimes they cut away a bit too fast or you feel yeah. like they've almost been, like, limited on how grotesque they should be with it. Like, there's more It would have been the cuts, I guess. Yeah, know. absolutely, I think. And but, I think, like, bod- I think body horror and sci- and um, cosmic horror pretty much go quite hand in hand yeah you know so i think it's i don't know i think it, it fleshes it out a little bit more i don't know if like because it's not set on a sh- you know it's not set on a boat because yeah. it's in space it's you know makes it cosmic horror but <laughs> i think like you know the idea of of a, a different realm and the ship becoming sentient and people's sins catching up with them and then this idea of like seeing things or or particularly going to a place and then like a different realm and then coming back yeah it's just a such a horrific thing and it, i think cosmic horror is so hard to pull off yeah it is because it one it's hard for it not to feel very samey you know as we've already said a lot of a lot of these can feel and even at some point of this it feels very similar to other ones like we said like alien free i can totally see in this film like there's a lot of similarities yeah. that you get with these films so to make one stand out and feel different is quite a hard thing to do which is kind of what's good about this one that you know 
and and the fact that we kind of take the characters through these journeys i mean that's what almost makes it more interesting is the fact that we've got this conflict that adds to that suspense that tension because it's like which ones are actually going to give into it and believe it yeah and that's where some of the deaths come from obviously is the fact that some of them give in like the lady with her son she goes towards the um yeah she was a black hole kind of blob yeah. like black that's where you get that cgi black blob kind of coming yeah but she falls down the stairs doesn't she oh yeah she, she falls, falls through the, the yeah who is it who's get I'm just it up yeah he just gets taken it. into yeah he does yeah it. and then he and then i like the idea that he <clears throat> he goes into the into the gravity drive and then he comes back and obviously not only is he just like unconscious but when he wakes up he's like Nah, I'm just offing myself. I've yeah, seen yeah, what yeah. happens, you know. I've seen, I've seen what's out there. <laughs> and his whole, I thought that he was going to die then. His whole decompression kind of thing is, is really yeah, interesting. That that's an interesting set piece. Yeah, the whole, the whole. You've got Lawrence Fishburne outside, and yeah. he's like trying to save him while the. De- and you're thinking this guy's fucked. You're like, yeah, it, I thought he was fucked. I mean, even, I mean, yes, obviously, I believe that pretty much the second, <laughs> the first bit of that decompression, I'm pretty sure most of your veins would go pop, pop. pop. I thought his head would I mean, just go think, massive and <clears> explode. <throat> you know? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. I was literally just expecting the old bang, like blood yeah. splatter all over, kind of. Um, but what was more interesting that it doesn't quite play out that way like again like the second he goes out into space you're like well you're fucked yeah. <laughs> you're dead like you, I believe you're meant to like if you hit that you, I believe it's literally like second it's like seconds for you to yeah. freeze and it's weird because he once he starts the decompression you know uh, procedure he realises he like comes to and he's like what the fuck am I doing mama yeah. bear help me you know <laughs> yeah. and it's really it's kind of like it would be disturbing enough if he was doing it and he was like possessed but when he he's no longer in a trance or possessed or whatever we're calling it and he's like oh fuck yeah, <laughs> it yeah, gets yeah. really like how it does it makes it really unsettling yeah i do remember that that scene like caught me because i i think um yeah i think that was one of the ones when although we'd gone through this in suspense as i said like some of it like plays out quite for a short film that was one part I think I remember before that Justin part really got going I remember I'd kind of dipped a little bit I think I think I had dipped my interest a little bit and then that brought it right back up because I was like holy shit actually this is this is yeah. this is this is scary like the fact that he is um, because he's quite an innocent character as well like from what yeah. we get of him obviously he's not one of the main like kind of one that's kind of thrown to the no. front but from what we get from him he just seems so innocent and like kind of caught out that when this has happened, you're just like, holy shit, what would you do in that situation? Like, here comes Lawrence Fishburne to the rescue, but yeah. <laughs> like diving on through space, just like, fuck, oh, here, here I come. Like, I could just dive through space like this. I love it. <laughs> well, we get that later on as well, don't we? When Cooper just like... Just flung out into space, basically. Into space. You're just like, off into gravity. Yeah. About to meet Sandra Bullock. <laughs> <laughs> but after that, we get, uh, you know, we then get, we find out a little bit more about Lawrence Fishburne. <clears throat> Um, and his whole kind of story. Yeah. And then we find that's when we find the translation was a mistake and it saved yourself from hell. And then we see the amazing um, captain's log where they're all just fucking each other. Yeah, yeah. It goes from like a normal kind of captain's log, like this is what's going on. Yeah, we're about to hit the gravity. And then it just flicks suddenly, and it's just like a fucking bloody orgy of madness. It's 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 class. Yeah, it looked it looked amazing. Like that was what that was probably one of the best visuals in the film. But also just what in terms of like body heart, that literally is again again 
this director could have made a Hellraiser film. <laughs> this director could have made so many good gothic horrors yeah. or, or bloody gory like horrors. Like, like that's what I mean. Like these shots are impressive. These are like I, I said before, Hellraiser, well. Evil Dead kind of level of grotesque, kind of yeah. fucked up body horror. Um, and the fact that it's also that level between the fact that it's not it's not just these people getting mutilated because at first you're thinking it's just going to be them getting ripped up or torn apart or something's killing them yeah it's the fact that there is like an orgy element to this of almost like mutilating each other yeah like it's almost too quick to see exactly what it is and you kind of that again I know that this is one scene that was definitely cut down quite a bit I imagine it would have been Um, and it is, it's, it's both sides because in one way it's quite effective because it's so quick you almost can't see that your mind almost can't compare, comprehend what just happened yeah um, which again like although more of it you might want more of it might make it lose its effect a bit a, a bit you know there's almost yeah, a little a bit of what's one. left in your head sometimes is better um, in that weird, weird way that you want to be left with a sex <laughs> a bloody sex orgy in your head of mutilation but you know what I mean it's a very yeah it's a real fine line between showing too much and because the more you see of something the less shocking it kind of gets so it is a it's a fine balancing act but i think it's done so well and it it picks up on that hellraiser and that cosmic horror of like what could make a someone do that yeah you know like what what the fuck has happened to these people that like they've gone from because you do get before they do the gravity drive and they go wherever the event horizon goes before the space time fold and then after like <clears throat> what did they see in that that made them all want to start fucking and then start mutilating well, that's each what other, i mean and, and it, then it, cut is, his is, eyes it, out. is it playing with your head is it possession is it is it some dark have they entered a realm of the devil on the other side yeah. you know they've got all of these things of is it some darker timeline? Is it? Is it? Is this some truly religious? Like, is this devils or things on the yeah. other side? Is it you being possessed by some evil creature that's on the other side of whatever it is we've gone yeah. through? Um, you know, it, and it, it, it's hard, kind of, to get the clear answer, which is kind of what makes it better than it's kind of ominous as to what the fuck. Yeah. You know, you do get some kind, but it, it it's that kind of that kind of really twists in your head, like what the hell's going on here and it, it, again it, this is the bit that kind of makes the film more interesting than I was possibly expecting <laughs> yeah no same same with me man I um, I think <clears throat> after this they then realise they they need to fucking get out get the fuck off the ship like yeah, yeah. and yeah, then Lawrence we get Fishburne's literally like fuck this ship <laughs> yeah fuck I, I get it man but then we get Sam Neill's like he says a I am home line which is really cool yeah know? they're trying to find out uh, they're trying to get everybody out they're like, we're going home. He's like, I am home. It's like, oh shit. Like, when he fully goes off the rails. Yeah, he's fully fucking gone, man. The 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 face ripping scene is badass. Yeah. The face tearing scene when he just fucking goes for it down and pulling it, and you see the Brutal. skin tearing, and again, like again, like that's such like it, it's such good body horror that's shown off. Like it feels like on a good budget as well, like in yeah. that way, like. Like uh, unlike a lot of these other ones we've talked about, which are much smaller budget, this one felt like it was a, got a chance to do this gruesome, grotesque horror on yeah. a bigger budget. So a lot of the scenes when they go for it really work. Like I'm sure that this probably isn't the space film that the studio wanted. No. <laughs> he just went, ah, fuck it. I want to make my I want to make my horror film in the middle of it, kind of thing. Yeah. But 
But yeah, it's the way you know. You've almost got like a at the time you can't quite tell that his eyes have been torn out, but there's a blackness around it and like yeah. a, a dark and and just the way the skin just goes through and you just see it tearing through yeah, and the bloody it's, it's awesome. It? And it's also again not what you expect seeing Sam Neill. I don't know why, but again, I just wasn't expecting to see it go to that level. With yeah, him. no. Um, and I'm therefore, great. the fact he plays out the rest of the film with that kind of you know, destroyed kind of face yeah. and like, it, it just adds an awesome <laughs> extra layer to this film. It is. Um, and then, I think DJ's death is kind of cool when he's in the med bay um, and he's looking for Sam Neill. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets, you know, he gets beaten up and he ends up getting vivisected, which I imagine would have been... That, that's an, that was, yeah, that, an off-camera that, one. That was, the, that was the disappointing part. I was like, oh, this is cool. Like this is this is that's uh, Jason Isaac's character. Yeah, Jason Isaac's um, character. And yeah, and and the whole the way that he's strung up, and again, it's in such a kind of angels and demons kind yeah. of you know thing, you know that classic kind of architecture kind of thing. And, and the, the only disappointing part about that is like it looks so badass, and yet you can tell there was more there. Oh yeah, that's yeah. not even cut to the point where I'd be like, oh maybe it meant to cut off. No, that clearly is cut. Like you can see there was more that was going to be shown. Way yeah, more definitely. that was going to be shown of that. Like. Because um, the shot you get after, obviously, of him like totally strung up and stuff, and yeah. his body parts kind of mutilated, kind of thing is, yeah, I love that shot again. Like this is this is the part that I really forget. <laughs> I lo- I like the space part, but the gothic horror on the ship is just like it's just a badass blend. <laughs> yeah, mind. it was it was really. I think the only time I started to dip, unfortunately, was really towards the end um, yeah no I, I do agree which, which is weird because I I was I was really into it and then uh, once Sam Neill had been because we you know we get the scene where um, Cooper's obviously trying to fix the fix the ship um, Sam Neill goes on and blows it up killing Sean Sean Pertree rip yeah and then Cooper gets blown away launches himself back onto the ship and then um, we uh, uh, Sam Neill shoots a harpoon at the window yeah. to kind of destroy them all. Um, and I think it was after that where I was kind of like, I start, I started to dip for some reason. I just, I... It, it's, yeah. it's a, this is the problem. And, and, and to be honest, this is actually, I feel like this is actually a problem of a lot of these space ones is the problem of you can come up with a good, interesting concept, but um, the third act tends to play out the exact same way. The spaceships being destroyed, yeah. whatever you're fighting, you're fighting against, and it all feels very much the same. I, I started to feel like half the time it felt like Lawrence Fishburne was just running around from different set pieces to different yeah, set pieces was and wasn't it. actually doing a lot. No. Um, and th- this is where at times, like the, you know, um, the the guy uh, what's his name Co- no not Cooper Cooper yeah the one that comes back yeah he yeah, comes yeah. back um, that again though there was a very that well, that felt very like pushing the boundary of the cheesiness for me at yeah. times like that bit just felt out of place for me to be honest like, if he'd been blasted off like or killed off like kind of thing that's fine but when he comes back in that kind of way that bit felt more out of place with where this film had been going um, and yeah, it, it kind of just felt like all we were getting was lots of scenes of people moving around and not actually much. Ha- and again, it didn't feel like we were getting full on gra- apart from when we get actually down into the core. Yeah. And we've got the Lawrence Fishburne, the, his burning friend that you get to see again and you get to see Sam Neill's fully there and he, he starts yeah. to go into the form that we saw at the beginning of the film, obviously. 
Um, those bits were interesting, but apart from that, it was basically just like, at this point, the crew's dead, and it, I don't know, this is when it started to feel like, although you've got some great ideas, you don't know where you're going with this. Yeah, it was just kind of that. That's where it loses. Running around. Yeah. And, 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 and it is the problem with a lot of these kind of films is it's basically so when are you going to get off the ship and blow it up basically or when you're going to you know when you're going to basically kill off the monster and then you're going to freeze yourself and that is what this film does in several different ways it blows is, up yeah. puts himself into back into cryosleep cry cry cryosleep and it's like is something else going to happen after cryosleep and um, I'm just to, to trying I mean, to think but I can't I can't think apart from the whole again that you know, when you get to see Sam Neill in his, like, almost full final form of, yeah. like, fucked up, you know, um, demon. Proper hell kind of, Yeah, and, and that kind of, you know, and you've got him versus Lawrence Fishburne. And, um, and the fighting at the gravity drive. Yeah, which is which is all right, again, but um, it, it, it's sad that it felt like this film could have gone into a much... It, I kind of, again, wish that they'd either allowed... Or that it was the intention yeah. that this would go into much more of the kind of, um, you know, gothic horror that it wants to be. Because at the end, it suddenly turns back into just a standard space film. Yeah, you know, a standard I think space flick. It comes with it, a few elements, yes, thrown in there. Um, but it's very much, we need to destroy the ship. Yeah, you know? we need I to like destroy it. this core to stop the demon, to stop all of these monsters and whatever they can do to yeah. try and stop it. I like the idea of... Um, and there are... I mean, there are a few moments I do like in the the third act. So when we find out that the you know Event Horizon has been to this like hellish plane and it's come back with sentience, I think that's quite... That's yeah. a cool idea. And there's a scene where... I can't, remember, I can't it's, I'm trying to play it, play it in my head of who sees it, but I think it's Lawrence Fishburne when he's fighting um, uh, Sam Neill in his final form, yeah. you know, Hellraiser form, and he sees these visions of all of his crew who are kind of who have been almost. It's almost like their souls have been taken by the Event Horizon, and it's like a montage of them being tortured. And hating it, but also laughing and stuff like yeah. that. And it's really, it's a really cool montage. And you see, yeah, I don't know if you remember. Very how I'm, I'm, I'm picturing something to do with it, but I'm not, I'm not entirely sure that I remember yeah. that exact. I remember a scene that was when playing out that weirdly reminded me of something like House on Haunted Hill, kind of where it had all of them in this kind of end of the film kind of form kind of thing. That's where you what you're flashing. thinking of. Yeah, yeah. I no. think he. I don't know, I can't remember how he sees it. I think it might be, um, you know, it might be Sam Neill who shows it to him. But he definitely sees him and it is, it's not like House at the end of House on Haunted Hill where it's like a big blob that has the No, 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 no. no but like he, we yeah. do see like, I and I don't know if it's, if the idea is it's supposed to be like the future of the crew What's happened or to them? Trapped souls, within that world, trapped yeah. within there, or is not sure what it is. But but something's it's really, got them. Something's got yeah. them. But it, and as long as the event horizon lasts, they'll be they'll remain there. Yeah. Almost like the Cenobites when they take someone, you know. It kind of has that vibe to it. I remember. I remember being there, kind of thinking that at the same time that I was like, I don't, and, and not that it needs to have, but I was kind of like a bit like, whatever. What is it that this? Sam Neill or whatever he becomes. Yeah. What 
is it that they're actually trying to accomplish with this ending kind of thing that was the only thing that kind of was losing me is like what is it you're actually trying to yeah. there's like a wrath of destruction and stuff like that. I don't know if there's meant to be any point or you're meant to be capturing souls or I just started to feel a bit like what is it we're trying to do here like what is the point of this ending in many ways like what are you trying to achieve here yeah. Hellraiser boy <laughs> like rip off Hellraiser whatever yeah. you are because he looks he looks badass <laughs> he looks badass but I don't know if the idea is that it just keeps sending distress signals yeah it just keeps trying more to gather and more, more and more yeah I which I assume that's what it is yeah and that's you know? what I, that, but that, I think that's why I was a bit underwhelmed by what is it with trying to do here like yeah no it I felt agree. like it was leading to something bigger or some bigger idea and it felt like that's why it kind of like implodes and <laughs> like yeah in, in itself kind of collapses in itself a little bit a little bit um, um you know and, and again it's not like it is but you know that's where you can see a little bit of the paul ws anderson we've seen before it's the fact that Again, we've got some cool visuals, but that maybe don't lead to much or don't seem yeah, to maybe. mean much, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like those kind of things that it's not quite clearly fought out yeah. or things like that. Like just little bits that make it a little bit collapsing on itself. Um, I'm trying to think of any other key moments that I mean, not really, but I feel like we've hit. Lawrence that. Fishburne redeems himself by, you know, sacrificing himself and, and blowing up the ship. And then. Um, they they float off in in as they do they float off in cryo sleep, and then they get woken up. Um, somebody I think the the surviving female sees um, yeah, Natasha Richardson Natasha Richardson and Cooper is yeah alive. Well, I know She's, her actress name I, yeah d- and his, his character, character name. name she sees Sam Neill as one of the people who save her, and it kind of ends. I mean, but then my cause, yeah yeah yeah. My kind of thing. I that, knew it was going to be one of those. That's exactly what I was expecting. That kind of cheap yeah, kind of. It's you know. still there, but that's you know that is one thing that I do kind of. I I I know that the the film didn't do well, but apparently it's been picked up by Amazon to do a series, and the way in which the thing that kind of makes sense for me if they wanted to carry the story on, is that I forgot that Justin survives. And then yeah, he's, he's still put, there, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Once he's put in, you know, the cryo to heal, to yeah. heal the Baxter tank, we don't see him anymore. And it, I kind of was like, oh, outside our mind. Yeah. But maybe he's still got the he he went through the gravity drive. So maybe if they were thinking, how do we pick the story up? Maybe it's Justin because mm. he's still seen it, hasn't he? I mean, I would have assumed it's just a reboot, right? It's just like reimagining of no, I've heard, I've heard it's carrying on oh okay I guess that's what be. I've heard I mean it's all gone it went quiet a few years ago but hmm. that's what I heard if it's still going ahead then <laughs> yeah we'll find out um, but I will take a have you got anything else to add before we go over to the social media lounge we'll do a little wrap up but do social media lounge first yeah Hit that. Um, and then we'll Jump get on to the question of it, do you think it is must see horror yes because I think you know that that's what the segment is. So it's worth. That is. We've said it with the others, so we will hit on that. <laughs> it's worth bringing it out. I've got my answer. <laughs> so, um, as always, we we always go to the social media lounge, um, and this is my chance to also say that if you haven't um, hit the subscribe button and please leave us a lovely review, um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at CMTH Podcast, where we put up often 
more often than not, the films that we're going to be talking about, we, we get a bit of feedback. And Event Horizon popped. Um, <laughs> so we'll start off with, um, I know, listener off the show, Foxy, um, at gfox underscore one. It's a brilliant cosmic horror movie with a great cast, awesome concept and striking imagery. It's one of my fave movies. Just a shame we'll never get the gruesome extra 30 minutes that got cut. And I didn't know this, but the deteriorated reel was found in a salt mine in Transylvania. Which is really weird, isn't it? <laughs> Transylvania? Who, in a who salt was hiding that away? Yeah, in a salt mine in Transylvania. Um, but I know Foxy's a fan of the show, um, so I hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, Bob Scott is one of my favourites. Lawrence Fishburne and Sam Neill are great. Flicks and Friends podcast, just, just straight up banger. Um, and then uh, Andrew P. Watson, an awesomely entertaining film, and you won't need eyes to watch it. That's good. I like the little, I like that there. Um, and then a couple of the negative ones. Um, so Rictus Grin uh, said, This falls under the category of everybody loves it except me. So much potential that it's squandered on cheap scares and lacklustre writing. Um, mm. And that, uh, I'm assuming all of the cut footages from studio tampering. Event Horizon feels incomplete, like it's missing something crucial, which we have kind of discussed. Yeah. Um, and then Jim Partridge, it, it's a mixed bag. Transposing the haunting to a shape, a spaceship is a neat idea, but we lack the Eleanor character to take us through. Sam Neill is that character, but he's not our protagonist, so we lose the feeling of getting lost inside the belly of the house slash ship. So, mostly positive, but yeah. I was interested to pick up on some people who weren't as much of a fan of it. I, I and absolutely, I I definitely get the kind of the mixed feelings with with this film, and I can feel it in many different ways. It could, and in many ways, it could be because I was coming into this film with such low expectations because yeah. of the director. The cast is what made me raise my expectations because I didn't believe yeah. that that cast would jump into a bad film you know so many of them would be like yeah we're gonna go for the shit ride um i didn't think that'd be the case i mean um you know i i do think it's an enjoyable graphic horror sci-fi you know it's i mean i wish it yes it had more time for that graphic horror kind of side to things um and i think an extra like 10 minutes of horror scenes on the old crew and the new crew even just that even an extra 10 minutes i think would have added an extra layer to it not necessarily half an hour yeah. um i don't know if this would have held up for an extra half an hour for the whole thing i feel like it would have gone too far <laughs> but i definitely want wanted more of the kind of a bit of the more idea yeah. of the old crew a little bit more time with the new crew to get to go through their kind of what's going on in their head and play out some of their kind of mind games a little bit yeah. more I think would have raised it because I feel like it starts off feeling really a bit of tension suspenseful I feel like it dips a lot in like for me in the middle yeah it comes back up because that's less because of suspense and more because of it starts to become more of the action film yeah where it kind of can't decide if it wants to be the alien slow kind of builds horror film or it wants to be aliens action film yeah and we can't sometimes feel like we've got the two spliced together but not in the best way at yeah. times and it kind of builds back up to that you know and i just think it needs a little bit more of that um that's kind of my sum so um i'll you do yours and then i'll talk about must see horror <laughs> well no i think to summarize i think like you said um it's got some it's got some great casting and for the most part i think it's pretty well written 
it's pretty well shot and the first two acts I think are fantastic for me it's when the film tries to get towards its conclusion that it almost struggles to fit into that sci-fi box of well we're just going to destroy the ship and beat the monster yeah. and then go into you know go into cryo sleep so my attention did kind of dip out towards the end but in in general i think it's a really strong film i enjoyed it a lot more than i expected to i think it's a shame that it was cut I, it does suffer a little bit with like you said maybe a crucial element <clears throat> missing or few cuts here and there where you could tell it there was more but they cut it early yeah. but overall i think it's a i think it's a really strong film it adds to that the the cuts add to the patchwork feeling so me coming to the the i guess thinking about the messy horror so thinking about the ones that we've watched so far you know um i feel like a lot of the ones we've watched so far were all original horror yeah. you know what i mean original ideas original concepts and the only thing that holds me back here, because this is going to be a list of the hundred like greatest horror films or whatever. Yeah. Some of them, as we said, we're going to have mixed opinions on whether that really belongs in that kind of state. And as much as I do think that this is a good horror film, I don't think it's a great horror film. I think it's a patchwork of ideas of lots of other horror films stitched together into one film. It's Aliens meets Hellraiser. It's yeah. you know, it, it's the ideas of lots of other people that they've stitched together to make one film, which kind of works for the most part. And maybe if we'd got the full version, it would be stronger. Um, but if I'm saying that, do I think that this is an absolute that you'd like? You should see this, as in this is like hundred horrors to see before you die. Must see horror. I wouldn't say it's a must-see. I would say it's good. It's a good horror film. It works well for what it is. I feel like maybe my expectations are raised by such a low expectation from the director. Um, but it's definitely, I think, it's the first one that I would say that it would be on the boundary between. I can see why some people are negative about it, and I can see why positive. I like it, but it definitely dipped at points for me, which I don't think the other ones that we've watched so far have. And I just think it falls slightly into that more... I wouldn't put it in a list of the greatest horror films ever made, and I wouldn't necessarily say it's must see. Fair in that way. How about you? Anything? <laughs> I'm I'm unsure because like you said, yeah, because I think the first two acts are so so good, um, and they are really strong. There are elements of you know there are some cliches, but uh, you know cliches are there because the people like them, and yeah. overall they're successful. There is a dip in the third act, um, and I do think it, like I said, when it tries to get to the end, it does run into a bit of how we gonna, how do we wrap this up? It's not cliche again. Yeah. Um, Must see horror. That's the thing. I don't know. I'm kind of like, I'm struggling to say yes because I feel like they. I feel like I need to maybe expand my horizons a little bit instead of being like oh well that's that's a bona fide classic we all know that yeah so yeah. it's must see horror like there are some films that you can't dispute a must see horror so i'm trying to think if i had a hundred you know <laughs> if i had a list of a hundred must see horror films would this get in there it might get into somewhere between 90 to 100 maybe and particularly with some of that footage that was lost so yeah. i'm i'm at, at the moment i'm saying i would 
I would probably put it in must-see horror, but I I don't think I wouldn't put it very high. I'd put yeah. it, you know, if if we when we do when we uh, launch our own Cast Me to Hell like you know streaming service <laughs> and we do a countdown of the top one hundred horrors, maybe between you know ninety five and a hundred, Event Horizon will pop up and I'll be talking, you know. And then a couple of other people will be will be talking. Oh, <laughs> that scene was awesome, you know that kind of thing. And that's where I would put. It's it is a hard one to say, and and you know, seeing the other ones on the poster, I think there'll be plenty of ones that will be disputing as to whether they actually deserve that place. as such a high bold statement as saying, it's yeah, like, it is. Because right now it's going under the influence that this is like the hundred greatest horror films of all time, and I know for a fact already that there are certain ones on there, or even ones where we'll dispute the fact that even maybe in some cases the original is the best of all of the films. But yeah. Most of the time, it's the original that's on the poster. Um, you know, some of them we probably think the sequels are better than the yeah. original. So you know, it's going to go back and forth. But yeah, I think that's why for, with this one, I just don't feel confident enough to say that I would say that this is one of the best for me. So I'm I'm putting it as a this is my first not must-see. Not must-see. It's conflicting because it's an enjoyable film. I'm not saying it's a bad film. But I'd also say if someone never saw this film, it's not really going to unchange their horror world kind of thing. Whereas, you know, some of the other ones, I feel like you should have seen them. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that is the first must-see horror that we've disagreed on. Uh, (laughs) But we are are gentlemen here and we we will disagree uh, respectfully, whilst the mic is on, <laughs> then after we will fight. Afterwards, we will fight bare naked, <laughs> stripped to the waist, uh, as as our forefathers did. Absolutely, Rob will get pistol whipped. <laughs> yeah. Well, as always, if you've enjoyed the show, um, hit that subscribe button and please leave us a lovely review. Come and let us know what you thought um, of uh, Event Horizon. Let us know whether your hashtag Team Epo and it is uh, must see horror or. No, it's not it's to must-see must horror. horror. How dare you? Or hashtag Team Bobby if it is must-see horror. Hashtag Team Epo for no. Hashtag Team Bobby for yes. And are you and... Team W.S. Anderson for the best director or Thomas Anderson for the <laughs> <Yeah>. best director? <laughs> and we will see you in a week. Farewell and goodbye.